You have been made for a purpose and given specific gifts to accomplish your mission. This is Requip, and I am Scott Schneiderman. Stay tuned to gain insights to prepare, equip, and empower you to do the work of ministry. Welcome back to Requip Ministries podcast. Glad to have you with us. We're talking about David. We're still in the life of David, and God's revealing so much to us, no matter where you are, where you are in your ministry, because we really believe what God's word says, that we're all in the ministry. If you put your faith in Jesus, if you declare that he is Lord, you are in the body of Christ. And Jesus has left us here on this earth for a mission, and that's to do the work of ministry. And I just want to come alongside you, your local church, help equip you. That's what Requip is all about. We just want to help be a supplement to the local church where God has planted you we want to give you some tools, some training, some resources that you can implement those things. And if this is a blessing to you, I want to ask you, you just go ahead and subscribe to this and uh, feel free to share this. And if you, if you think someone else can be blessed by this as well. And through David, through the teaching of what God is showing us in the Bible, we're going to learn about friendship. And what, what is friendship? When, when you hear that, what comes to mind? What are some of the things? And I asked a couple people, uh, I asked uh, my kids, asked uh, uh, a group that I lead that I'm teaching this through, and um, a lot of them said some interesting things. So many things. I, I just love what you know y- what God has actually put on the inside of us. What we intuitively know is a good friend. We know we don't always see that. We know we know what is good from what we see that is bad. But a lot of them said the same thing, somebody that is trustworthy, somebody that has your back, somebody that talks good about you, someone that promotes you and wants your success, somebody that wants to invest in you. Like they they said all these things, somebody that's kind, that doesn't cut you down, somebody that you feel close with, that you don't always have to be wondering what are they really thinking. And, and we learn a little bit from this and 1 Samuel chapter 18, 1 through 16, we're going to go through this. But just kind of catching us up, we've been going through the life of David, and David comes from nowhere. He's a nobody. He wasn't chosen. He wasn't somebody that you looked at him and said, yeah, he's a leader. You looked at him and said, yeah, he's a man of God. He's somebody that God's going to use in a powerful way. Absolutely no one would think that. Not even David would have thought that, but that's who God chose. If you feel like you're in that boat, and a lot of us do. And if we're honest, I really believe this. I really believe no matter what station and phase you are at life, you almost, if God's leading you into something greater, you never feel qualified. Never. I hope that encourages you. You don't feel qualified, but we know that. But God comes in and God steps in and he's going to give us some principles and some things that we can learn. But as we continue in this, we're going to see a little bit about what's a good friend. It says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own. You see this immediately. I mean, this is a soul connection. You see that soul, you ever had that where you've just, it's almost, it was like quick, like, wow, all of a sudden we just 
bonded and we were close, like close friends all of a sudden. And it wasn't just you, you had a ton in common. It wasn't, you, you knew everything to talk about, and it, but you just had a connection and you can't quite figure it out. And you're like, man, that's my brother. That's my sister. You just close right away. Remember years ago, I was still active in the Marine Corps. I was on a deployment. And man, when you're when you're in the Marine Corps, like sometimes you don't know. You don't know who people really are. You don't know, one, if they're really followers of Jesus. And some people that you think, oh, they definitely aren't. Man, something pops up later and you're like, wow, I didn't know you were you're a follower of Jesus, but you kind of put on this facade. A lot of times, a lot of people put on this kind of tough guy facade and they uh, don't really, you don't really know who they are exactly. But on this deployment, man, there, there was a lot of opposition. It was a great deployment, but there were some people in there that were very against Christianity. And uh, hopefully you're this way, but wherever I am, I, I just believe that I'm in a mission and God yeah, he had me on a mission for the military, but he had me on a mission for souls while I was there. And we were deployed on a ship. And um, this guy that just joined our unit, he'd, he'd been with us and we were doing our training for several months. Uh, never really got too close to him that much. I mean, we got along and everything like that. But then um, we were on the deployment and I remember we were getting in the discussion with somebody else. And then my friend who became my friend started talking and I realized he was a Christian. He was deep in, in the faith and he, you know, he had a close relationship with God. You could tell that and it came out of him. It it never came out before really. I never really saw it anyway, but man, we had a, we just, we're like close. We're like fighting together. We're on a mission together. And um, he ended up being what I saw was the best enlisted Marine leader I'd ever encountered in my 20 years of being around the military and being connected to the Marine Corps. And uh, if he's listening, a good friend of mine, his name is Dave Battles, just retired, amazing man of God. Just uh, look up to him and, and appreciate him. And man, we I believe we went to battle uh, together spiritual battles, but that's what David found was was just a soul connection. Like somebody, and I could go to battle with this person. I could be connected to this person. And that's exactly what happens. And it's just like knit together in soul connection. And then it continues and says in verse three, then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own Soul, and there you, you see, there's a stated friendship. I mean, there's something like I don't expect us all to make covenants with one another, but man, it's just no. Like you're my friend. Like I, I love you. I appreciate you. And it was stated. It was something he was willing to state. There, verse four, and Jonathan stripped himself of his robe, and that was on him, and gave it to David, and his armor, and even his sword and his bow, and his belt. And there you see Jonathan, who was Saul's son, so in royalty, came from means. He had something, but he invested into David. He gave up, he sacrificed, he invested. He saw some, I love you, you're my brother. 
So I'm going to invest in you. Why am I going to do that? That to the next point because I want you to succeed. I want you to, su- to succeed. That's what I want from you. And verse five tells us that. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul set him over men of war. And it was good in the sight of the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Jonathan invested in David. When you're a good friend or when you have a good friend, somebody that invests, somebody that that gives up for the sake of somebody else. Jonathan didn't get anything out of it. David couldn't give Jonathan anything. Jonathan was secure in his position. He was in the family. He was in royalty. He was set financially. David couldn't do anything for him. But Jonathan wasn't looking for anything. He he wanted to give. When you love, you're generous. When God loves us, and because he loves us, he gave. And as we know, Jesus was given. Jesus was the gift. And then Jesus who gave what? The Holy Spirit. He gives God the Holy Spirit. You love that, how God just within his triune nature, he's a giver. He's not a taker. He's not taking anything from you. He's a giver. God wants to invest in you. And Jonathan was a good friend. He invests. Man, when, you, when you have those people that are those soul connections, man, reinvest back into them. Reinvest into them. Don't, don't just be a taker, but reinvest back into them because God has put them in your path for a reason because you are God, you guys are on a mission together. He, he wants to do something with you and he's bringing those. You ever notice like different stages and phases in life, there'll be these different soul connections, these different people that God brings in. Like, man, looking back, I couldn't have gone through that. But if it wasn't for my brother or my sister, when they were there for me. Now, what is a bad friend? You ever heard the term uh, frenemy? Somebody that, yeah, they're kind of like friends. They're kind of close, but you don't really know what they're about. You don't really know if they're, they're out to get you. It's a bad friend. And I asked the question to, to uh, my kids and, and to the group. And yeah, a lot of the same things that we learn in the Bible. Bad friends, somebody you can't count on. Somebody that talks behind your back. Somebody that has motives that you can't trust. Somebody that you can't count on. Somebody that's always trying to drain you and take something from you. That's a bad friend. And we learn that as we continue reading in verse 7. So after David, man, he's beginning to be successful. Why? Because his friend is invested in him and God's spirit is with him. In verse 7, it says, And the women sang to one another and celebrated Saul is struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry. And this saying was displeasing to him. And he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000. And to me, they have ascribed thousands. And what more could I be but the kingdom? I mean, he's, he's jealous. He's not a real friend. Real friends don't get jealous of someone else, especially someone that they're training, somebody that's under. Man, you want those people to be more successful than yourself. You think of, if you're listening to this and you have, you have kids, and every good parent 
wants their kids to be better off than them. Every good disciple maker wants their disciple to be better off. Man, I want to teach you all the things I never got. I want to give you the mentorship and the guidance that I never got. Oh, I learned something. I want to share that with you so you can implement that at an earlier stage in life so you could be more successful and you can follow God more closely. You can get away from some of these pitfalls that I had. But that's not what Saul did. Saul was jealous. He didn't like the success. Saul, and here's the thing. Saul was successful, right? Isn't, isn't that interesting? Saul was successful. Saul, I mean, they even, they even praised Saul. Like, you've killed your thousands. Like, you've, you've been advancing. You're a warrior. That's great. What a privilege. What an honor for people to sing about you. But because someone did better than him, now, now it's a problem. Now all you can see is the negative. You can't see the positive. That's not a good friend. And we know that. We know that intuitively. But maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you have a trouble. Maybe it's just hard for you to celebrate other people. Maybe it's not everybody, but man, there's just somebody. When you, see, when you hear about that, you, oh, they did a good job. Or if somebody's kind of praising them, you think, man, I don't know. Meh. But you know why they're in that spot? I don't, I don't really trust it. And you kind of look for ways. And yeah, I hope they're not successful. They, they, they probably, it's not going to last. And you have all these ill motives and ill intentions. But then in verse 9, we see, and Saul eyed David from that day on. You ever felt like someone eyed you? Someone, man, their just countenance has changed. You used to be close. You thought you were friends. You thought you had a good relationship. But all of a sudden, they look at you differently. They don't look at you the same way. And in fact, they're out to get you. And then verse 12, it says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. A lot of times, when people look at you or maybe you are the person, man, you're, you're looking at somebody and you're eyeing them and you're out to get them. You, they come in the room, you're like, Ugh, just the mood changes, you don't like it. You don't like when they're around. You got a problem with them. Maybe that means you're the problem. Maybe that means your countenance has changed toward them. You're no longer trying to celebrate them. You're trying to look for errors in them. You're, you're trying to look for issues that they have. You're not trying to help them. You're trying to build them up, but you've eyed them. And what does that reveal about us? Well, Saul was afraid of David. When you're self-conscious around other people, it's because you fear them. God told us through his word, don't fear man, but fear God. Have a reverence for God. Your overabundant reverence for God causes you to not worry about what other people are thinking. But Saul was comparing himself to other people. We talk a lot about friends and, and David found a good friend in Jonathan and found a frenemy, somebody who was against him in Saul. But ultimately, we got to look to Jesus. 
Jesus, what did they say about him? Well, they saw who he was. They saw who he hung out with and they accused him and they insulted him, said, you're a friend of sinners. You don't keep the right company. And it got me thinking because we need to be connected to Jesus. We, we don't need to find our value in someone else or something else, even if it's a good friend. John 15, five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Jesus is saying, come close. Come close and stay close. And when I begin to think about what this means, because Jesus continues and says in John 15, 13 through 17, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his own life for his friends. Jesus is a sacrificer. A good friend is a sacrificer, somebody that invests in someone else, someone that lays down what they want to do, what they can do, how they can achieve for the sake of someone else. And that makes you the most successful. And then he continues and says, you are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but instead I've called you friends. For all that I've learned from the Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. And Jesus has given us this principle. Stay close to him. He's going to lead you into great things. And it got me thinking about how we get caught up in so many things. And as followers of Jesus, we, even when we're trying to fight against culture, I've noticed we lean to one particular political spectrum or another. And that influences the things that we get involved with it, if we're honest, if it's toward the right or to the left. And what I've noticed when I read through the Bible, they were unboxable you couldn't pin them down. You couldn't put them in a box. You couldn't put them with a a particular label. The religious leaders and the political leaders didn't know what to do with the Christians, didn't know what to do with the people that followed this way. It didn't even have a name because they weren't trying to start some kind of religion or political movement or uprising or social justice movement, but instead they were following Jesus. They were following a way of life. They were unboxable. They they had a type of friendship and love that was beyond. What if people, when they saw us, they couldn't pin us down? They say, oh, you're friends with them? Oh, but you're also friends with that group? But I thought you drastically disagreed with them. Well, I'm following Jesus. I'm a friend of sinners. And sinners are from all different racial, political, socioeconomic backgrounds. Jesus is for the sick, not for the well. What if we were that type of friend, not just a nice person that goes to church on Sunday, but somebody that impacted the world? But let's just start with our neighbors. Let's just start with our friends. I hope this has blessed you and this continues to to grow you. It's growing me as we're going through the life of David. And I hope uh, that you do what they say, what Jesus is telling us and how he was a friend of sinners. Let's follow his example. 
Thank you for listening to Requip Ministries. For more resources, check out our website at re-quip.org. Make sure you subscribe to get the next one. And as always, follow God's command to always be prepared for 